Yeah. 
broken down and tired of living life on a merry-go-round and you can find a fighter but i see it in you so we gonna walk it out and
Well, good morning, church. We're so thankful to have you tune in today, whether it's online or through our CBS broadcast. We're super excited to have you with us here at Word of Life Church. Now, I know this week has been a little crazy, so we're not having church in person, that many of you are having church online, and I specifically want to point out all the life groups that are meeting, where you invited community in your house to have church right where you are. Now, here's the thing. This is not a watch party. This is not where you get to watch us worship or watch us pray. This is not where you watch us read scripture and you just sit back and listen to it. This is a worship party. And what a worship party is, is where you worship with us. You pray with us. When we open up the word of God, you open up the word of God. All the notes I made to preach this message, it might be a good idea for you to take some notes as well. But here's the thing. We know this is not the church. Church is us. And you can have church right there in your living room, right there on your phone, right there on your TV, or wherever you may be at. Now, right now, our world kind of feels like it's upside down. I know for me and my wife, our kids are at home, and this is the first week in a long time prayer and corporal punishment has been instituted back in school across not only my household, but I'm sure across a lot of yours as well. It's just a different world that we live in. But here's what I know. The Bible talks about that those who sat in darkness saw a great light. Now, it's so easy. Like, if we turn out all the lights in this room uh, to just sit in it, and if we did, our eyes would would begin to adjust and we would learn to live in darkness. We could begin to function in darkness. And to me, if I'm being honest with you, it kind of seems like that that's what a lot of people are doing. They are learning to function in darkness. It's like, we'll learn how to function with stores closed. We'll learn how to function with church closed. We'll learn how to function with all those things. And I get that. You know, we have to learn how to navigate the times that we are in and all those kinds of things. But I am not overly interested in just adjusting my eyes in this darkness. I believe that those who sit in darkness, they see a great light. And I am believing the greatest light of all. His name is Jesus. And in Jesus' name, he is defeating this virus. He's opening back up our stores. He's opening back up our schools. He's opening back up our churches that God is greater than this virus. This virus, it came to pass, but it is not here to last. In fact, I'm believing that God so strongly moves. This is just me. I'm believing that God so strongly moves that two years from now, we won't even remember the name of this virus. But you know what? It's been over 2,000 years ago since Jesus rose again from that grave, and we're proclaiming the name of Jesus still today. You know why? Because Jesus rose above every other foe. He rose against the plague. He rose against persecution. He rose against all those things where his name really is the name that is above all names. And just like those things, this virus, it is going to fall beneath his feet. Now, here's the thing. I know all of us have been impacted by this in different ways, and some of those things changes the way we have school or church or whatever it may be. But this week was the first week that I felt fear. Uh, see, as a pastor, and I know this may shock you, but as a pastor, I am not immune to fear. I feel it. Um, and for the first time in concerning this virus, I felt Fear And the fear was not like, I'm going to get it, or my mom may get it, or my grandmother, who's 87, may get it. 
The fear was an economic fear. Like, I felt this fear as, like, what is this shutdown going to do for business? What is it going to do for our church? And I was on the phone with our executive pastor, and he handles, you know, a lot of the numbers and relays them to me and all those kinds of things. And we were on the phone talking about different things and, like, is this our new normal for a season and all those things that just come up. And as I am talking to him, I feel, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I could feel like anxiety kind of like rising up in me. Maybe some of you felt that this week. Maybe some of you, it's like you could kind of feel like pressure. You kind of felt maybe even a little afraid. I just felt that like in my, my heart and I felt it coming against my mind. And I want to encourage you in something right now. Like, it's not unnatural. How many of you know we're all human? I'm human. You're human. And as humans, we face, like, fear and we face, like, strife. And there are plenty of times where I get upset and there's plenty of times I feel like losing my cool. And there's plenty of times where I feel like being the human and the dirt that God made us out of. And I heard a preacher say this once, and it always gives me joy when I think about it, especially the preacher who said this was like this great man of faith. He said, you cannot stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. Now, I can't relate to that because if you can't tell, I have no hair. Uh, But I think we all understand what he's talking about. Like birds will fly over our head. But if one tried to sit on our head, we could shoo it away. And fear, it comes to every one of us. Pressure, cares, anxiety, they come to us all. But I love what Paul wrote. He said, even for those of you who have loved ones pass away, you don't grieve like those who have no hope. And he's not saying you don't grieve. He's just saying you don't grieve as those who don't have a God. You don't grieve as those who have no hope. And it's not that we don't fear. We just don't fear like those who don't know they have a God. Like, at the end of the day, we all face grief and fear and pressure and stress and all those kinds of things. But I can pull back and remind myself that I have a God. That's what happened to me this week. I was feeling this anxiety. Maybe you felt it. Maybe some of you, you came home and you could feel it, but you didn't want your, your wife to see it. Or you didn't want your kids to see it, but you could kind of feel this anxiety rising. That's where I was at. And in this moment, we have this amazing thing called the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that Jesus told us he would do is he would bring us into remembrance of the things that we already know. Now, here's what I do know is that so many of you have sat in church for the past five years, 10 years, maybe even a year And we have sung songs like, there's no grave that'll hold me down. And we have sung songs like, the battle is the Lord's and no weapon that is formed against me may prosper. And we've sung all these things and we've heard all of these messages. But it's one thing to hear them, it's another thing to do them. And this is kind of our time to put into practice all the things that we know. We just have to remember them. And the Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance that oftentimes in famine, That's when God demonstrated his provision the most. Now, I want to emphasize that. Slow down, put down your phone, stop scrolling through Instagram. Like, just wait a minute and listen to me. And times of famine all throughout Scripture, that's when God showed his power to provide 
the most. I'll give you a couple examples that the Holy Spirit gave me. You remember in the book of 1 Kings that there was this woman and she was facing just insurmountable financial pressure. She had eaten until finally the barrel of meal was almost out. And she looks down at it and she realizes, for me and my son, I have enough to make one little cake. And after we eat it, we are going to die. It looks like it's over. And a man of God comes and he walks in and she tells him her predicament. He said, here's what I want you to do. And this was all done by the commandment of the Lord. He said, I want you to make me a little cake first. And she made him this little cake. And after he did eat it, she looked down to see if there was anything left for her and her son. And you know what she found? She found that the crews of oil had multiplied and the barrel of mill had also multiplied. And she made another cake. And then she made another cake. And then she made another cake. And her and her house did eat for many days until the famine was over. Why? Because God is a provider. In a time of famine, this family saw the provision of God. In a time of famine, this world, this, this widow saw the amazing power of Jesus and a heavenly father to meet every single need. I'll give you another example. This one hit really close to home. There was a widow woman who had just had her husband pass away, and she had two sons. And her husband passes, and she is left with this huge debt that there's no way she can pay. And this pressure, and a creditor has come, and he has told her, I'm going to take away everything your husband ever built. And it still won't be enough, so I'm going to have to take both your sons and turn them into slaves. And she's facing this pressure. And the reason why that hits so close to home, and I almost get a little, not almost, the reason why I am a little emotional about it is because my father passed away. When I was 17 years old and my sister was 19, and my mom was pastoring this church, and it looked like all of this would be taken away. And I remember being in a hospital room, and my uncle was a surgeon, so they had him come in and tell us the news. And I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It's like he opens up the door, and he takes off his mask, and he looks at us, and he says, I'm sorry, I did everything that I could do, and I saw my mom faint in front of me. I couldn't catch her. And we as a family, we thought we would lose all of this. And it looked like me and my sister would be slaves for the rest of our life, trying to pick up the pieces of an amazing man who is no longer on the earth. But you know what she saw in, in Scripture? You know what this widow woman saw? She saw a man of God come to her house and tell her what I'm trying to tell you is that God, he is a provider, and God, he will take care of you. So tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, I don't have anything. He said, no, I know you have something in your house. And she said, I have a little bit of oil. And he said, go get that. He said, go to your surrounding neighbors, borrow some vessels and borrow not a few. And she sent her sons out, her two children out to gather those vessels. And he set them out all around the house. And she began to pour out what little oil she had until it filled up absolutely every single one of those things that they brought to be filled with. He said, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to go sell that oil. And after she sold it, not only was it enough to pay off all of her debts, but it was enough for her to live off of for the rest of her life. 
Because you know why? God is a provider. When she got in faith and we sung about it, when she rose up and made a decision to act like I have a God, that I don't have to sit here broken and I don't have to sit here defeated. And even though I may cry until there's no more tears left in me, that does not have to be the story of my life. I have a God who loves me and he has power to protect me. And God picked up that woman's life and he absolutely restored it. And you know what, in this, this virus, the, you know, and all this stuff, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and he's like, I've never seen anything like this with this care and this worry. And I looked at him and said, you know what, I've seen worse. I've seen worse. And this is what I think we have to remind ourselves of. Like, this is not the first time we've gone through something. This is not the first time your family has faced something. I can remember times way worse than this. I can remember being 18 years old and in charge of a church and having 60% of it evaporate in two months. Like, I can remember that. I can remember my mom crying until there were no more tears left in her and my sister having to sleep with her every single night just so she could fall asleep. This is not my family's first time seeing these things. We've been through worse And you know what we saw in the middle of that? That we were able to pick up the pieces of our life and we were able to rise up as a family. My mom is remarried. My sister is married to an amazing man. She's got three amazing sons. My wife, oh my word, my wife. I I could go on for the next week about my wife. I've got three amazing kids. The church is five times bigger than it was before and growing and growing and growing. And you know why? Because we... We believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Our family made a decision to rise up and believe that God really could give us beauty for ashes, joy for our mourning, and a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And I'm telling you right where you are at. I don't know who you are, the kind of pressure you're in, but I'm telling you God is your source. And God, he will flat out provide for you. He will make a way where there is no way. If he has to part a Red Sea to do it, he's going to part a Red Sea to do it. If he has to turn water into wine to do it, he'll turn water into wine and he will do it. If he has to make a raven, drop some bread at the front door and make a neighbor ring it to tell you bread is actually there, God will provide because you know why? That's who he is. And when we are weak, that's when God shows us his strength. I love in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 22, Abraham's going up to offer a sacrifice. And in this moment, Isaac, his son, looks at Abraham, his father, and he says, you know, in verse number seven, Isaac spoke unto Abraham, his father, and said, my father, And he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And I think a lot of people have been there this week that like, I see the upcoming bills, but where's the money going to come from? I see all of the pressure when I look out at the horizon of time. I'm like, but what happens if the stock market keeps crashing? What's going to happen to my 401k? What happens if we do get laid off and we don't have a job? Like, what happens if no one can come in this business because we can't have a group larger than 10? What happens if we do have to do church online for the next month? Like, all these pastors asking these questions, all of these people asking these questions. But you know what the Bible tells us to do? To not walk by sight, but to walk by faith. 
And I understand the temptation to be Isaac in the story, like, I see this, I see this, I don't see this. I see this and this, but where is this? Like, I fully understand that pressure. We have all been there before. But I love Abraham stepping up as a man who had seen the faithfulness of God in his life. And you know what he said next? And Abraham said, my son, in verse number eight, God will provide himself a lamb. Now, I want you to get that in your heart. My son, you know how we're going to make it through this? God is going to provide. You know how we're going to weather this storm? God is going to provide. I believe wholeheartedly, like within my bones, I believe that in the middle of this virus, God is going to do three things for you. Number one, he's going to protect you. No plague shall come nigh your dwelling place. Number two, God is going to provide for you. The Lord is your shepherd and you will not have a want. And number three, God is going to promote you because after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of that fire, they not only came out not smelling like smoke, they were immediately promoted in an office in a land that they did not have before. And I believe in the middle of this, God is going to protect you. God is going to provide for you. And God in his grace and goodness is going to bring promotion after this storm that we are in right now as a nation by bringing revival to America like America has never seen before. And you know what? The whole time Abraham is trusting God as his provider. A ram is coming up on the other side of the hill and its horns get caught in a thicket and Abraham gets ready to offer up Isaac and an angel calls out Abraham's name twice he's like Abraham Abraham and Abraham turns around and sees this angel he's like now the Lord sees your faith and he looked over in the thicket and he saw a ram in a jam and God showed him. He said, my son, the whole time I've been watching this situation, and I want it to reveal to you a part of my nature. I am Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees and provides. God saw this need long before we saw it, long before it hit the news, long before it hit China, long before it ever hit our families, long before it ever hit our nations, long before it ever hit our stores and our churches. God saw exactly what he would need. He saw exactly what we would need. He saw exactly what this nation would need. And you know what? The whole time we've been going through this, there's a ram coming up on the other side of this mountain for everyone who is living by faith, and we are going to see every single need met. But we are going to have to rise up. We can't fear like those who have no God. We can't sorrow and grieve like those who have no hope. We do have hope. His name is Jesus. We do have something that is greater than a coronavirus. His name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who will see and provide. Now, I watched this fight, and I'll close with this. This is my first closing. I saw this fight a couple of weeks ago. It was a heavyweight fight, and it was the championship of the world. And one of the boxers' name was Tyson Fury. Like, honestly, can you get a better name for a boxer? And he is the guy who's trying to win the belt. So he's not the champion. He's trying to beat the man to become the man. And he goes into the first fight, and he, this guy is six foot seven, 280 pounds, and in shape, uh, and in shape, six foot seven, 280. And he's quick and he's fast, and he's got the best technique of any heavyweight, but he gets in the ring and he fights backing up. 
He fights with a little bit of fear and apprehension, and he's trying to beat the other man with technique. Like, let me just not get hit in the middle of this, and let me score points. And sure enough, that's what he did. The fight ended in a draw. No one won it, no one lost it. But he also got knocked down twice. So immediately, there's this call for a rematch. There was no winner, there was no loser. We've got to fight again. And so you know what he does? And this is what I pray you allow to happen in your life right now. He hires a new trainer. And this new trainer comes to him and he tells him, Tyson, like, what in the world are you doing? You are six foot seven. You are 280 pounds. You do have more skill. You're the better technical boxer. Why are you fighting backing up? You have to fight moving forward. And he takes this new mindset into the ring. And in the second match, he knocks the guy out without getting knocked down once and became a champion. Now, here's what you and I are going to have to do in this season. We have to make up our minds that we are not going to allow our souls to draw back. Remember what Jesus said in the book of Hebrews? Paul wrote this and said, my soul takes no pleasure in those that draw back. Like, this is not the time for us to draw back and act like we don't have a God. This is a time for each and every one of us to rise up and realize, I'm not 6'7 and 280 pounds, but I know a roaring lion who is. His name is Jesus. He has never lost. He is the champion of the world. And I'm going to act like I have him on my side. I want to encourage you, believe in your provider. When you're scrolling through the news, say, God is my provider. When you're looking at the bills, say exactly what Abraham did. The Lord himself will provide. As long as you can open your mouth, you can always move your mountain. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they're in prison. And maybe some of you have felt like you were in prison this week. I can't get out of the house. I can't go here. I can't go there. That's kind of the definition of prison. And here they're in this prison bound. They can't move. They can't escape it. Their hands are bound and their feet are bound. But you know what? The enemy forgot to do one thing. You know what he forgot to do? He forgot to tape their mouth. And Paul and Silas knew this, as long as I can move my mouth, I can move my mountain. As long as I can open up my mouth and sing praises unto God and give prayers unto God, there are no chains that can stay on my family. There is no prison that we are going to have to stay in, that my prayer and my praise, it can open up stores. It can open back up churches. It can open up back my home. It can open up back these restaurants, but not unless I make a decision to open up my mouth. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to not just watch this message. I want you to participate in this message, and we are going to give you an opportunity right now. I'm going to pray, and while I pray, the worship team is going to come back up, and we're going to end this service with praise and worship. Now, here's the thing. I don't want you to watch it. I want you to participate in it. And remember, if you can open up your mouth, you can get out of the prison you are in. Our nation, like never before, needs us to open our mouths. So let's be faithful to do it right now. Father, we come before you and we just thank you in Jesus' name that you are making a way where there is no way. Father, we are going to stop acting like we've never seen you deliver us before. You have been faithful at every turn. You were faithful to my mom. You were faithful to this church. 
You were faithful to my sister. You've been faithful to me. Father, you have been forever faithful. And we say, Lord, you are absolutely protecting us. You are absolutely providing for us. And Father, we thank you at the end of this. We come out of it not even smelling like smoke. We love you, Father. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory because you are without a doubt, Lord, the only one who is worthy of it. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.
We're so thankful for everyone who made a decision to tune in today. And I know that there's so many people out there. You may be hurting. You may be sad. You may feel something that's just negative and weighing on your soul. But I'm telling you from experience and what I've seen God do, that he can move mountains. And this is not stories I've read. This is not things that I've heard other preachers preach. And I'm not preaching to you now. I'm talking as a son, as a husband, and as a father of someone who has seen him do it. I've seen him move mountains. I've seen him work wonders. And I'm telling you, he can do it in your life. Let's get our faith up. He's never lost a battle and he never will. Now, I know that there are some of you who may be watching today. Maybe this post was shared on Facebook and you stumbled across it. Or maybe this is just your first time tuning in. But you know you need to make a decision for Christ. And maybe this is for the first time. Or maybe in this moment and in the storms of life, you see a need to rededicate your life like never before. We want to honor that as a church. And we want to pray with you and for you. So what I'm about to ask you to do, it's going to take some time. But it'll be worth your while. Would you go to our website at thelife.cc slash following Jesus. And I want you to fill out the form so we can contact you. And I'm going to do some things. We're going to pray with you and for you. We'll have your number and name and all those things where we can contact you directly. But I also want to mail you a book called Following Jesus. And this is going to teach you how to be a disciple of Jesus, to walk with him, and to take your walk with him in a deeper direction. So please take the time. Go to our website, thelife.cc slash following Jesus. We love you, church family. We can't wait to worship with you again soon, online, on television, or otherwise. You're God's best. We'll see you soon.